May the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with us all in God's Holy Spirit. Good morning. Good morning. Dang, it's mild. It's almost like summer again, right? Right. Thank you so much for coming on, on this day, and we welcome everybody who is new to our church, and please see us at the fellowship hour afterwards so that we may greet you as warmly as possible, but already we hope and pray that you're in a good place by being here. We have some announcements this morning uh, that Betty is about to lead us through. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. All right. Um, the announcements today, we have the bazaar, and we still have baskets and other things left, and you could go after the service, go into our other room. Um, on December 2nd, uh, we have a craft there from 1 to 5. And then we have Christmas in the Village from 2 to 5, which is really nice. They have busy hay, uh, hay rides for the kids, and you can come in here and there's cookies and all kinds of things. Um, free cookies, games, and projects. Uh, there's a <clears throat> nativity in our church. Uh, let Sally know if you want to help with the um, craft, the uh, Christmas in the Village craft there. All right, financial meeting. It's December 3rd. December 4th is the uh, Un Unity House meeting, and it's in the court room. All right, December 10th, United Women, uh, Methodist Women's Christian, uh, Christmas Gathering. It's at um, Eliana's, right? Avantis. Avantis, right? Because that's the front of the court. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Eliana. And that is at 12.45. And if you would like to come, please contact Jeannie. The number is in the bulletin. Uh, December 17th, Carolyn. Carolyn, uh, two members at 1215. Uh, see Debbie and let her know. That would be fun. I'm going to go. Doesn't matter what our voices sound like. You know, singing to God you know, out there. Uh, December 24th is the Christmas play and luncheon. All right. December 17th. Oh, December 17th. Shelter now. Adopt a gift. Um, is there any other announcements to be made by anyone? Um, the 27th order is going to be made by the next week. If you do not have the order form, I believe there's one on the back in the basket, so please pick one up. But they do need to be made by next week. And we're only ordering one plant per family this year. Any other announcements? Yes, I'm still looking for helpers with the worship service. I need a couple greeters for the next couple weeks. And if somebody would like to help um, read the scripture in the morning for, for uh, December 1st and also the 21st. And then we'll be looking for help for Christmas Eve. Thank you. I have one sort of long announcement. Um, I don't know how many of you remember Sandra Tolley. Okay, I received a, a text from Paul that he asked me to share with the congregation. Um, he wanted to let us know that his mother has been in declining health for some time. She is officially diagnosed with three, three years ago with FTD, which is frontal, <coughs> frontotemporal dementia. 
As you may be aware, this is a savage and rapidly progressing disease. About a year and a half ago, they moved to Rochester to be near him. And the reason he's saying this is that it's realistically the last Christmas that his mother will have before we'll have to find a full-time care facility. So he's reaching out to friends who were important to her and our and family to ask if he will send a Christmas card to them, to Sandra. And if you happen to have a picture of something that she did with you at some time, like my kids were on soccer teams with Paul and John, and she's, so they, we have picked some pictures, but. She would like everyone at South Meriden Trinity to know about this, um, and I have their address, and I will give it to John so he can share that with you. And Paul says thank you very much. Thank you, Corky. Okay. Um, now we are going to be well, couple, just a couple of brief ones. Um, <laughs> I got a, a little say now and again. Uh, if you have already purchased a book here, The Three Simple Rules, it follows the general rules that are part of our sermon series. That's wonderful. There's some that were supposed to have shown up, but uh, the publisher uh, chose the slow boat from China to send them to us. So they'll be showing up in a couple of days, but there is a sign-up list in back if you would like to purchase them. You'll also find on the back of the Prayer of Christian Service a little self-evaluation uh, that you can look at after our sermon, to figure out, you know, how are you doing good on doing good? The, I decided, kind of at the last minute, to open the doors for prayer on Thanksgiving morning at 9 a.m. If you want to show up, if the community wants to show up, that's great. It's going to be informal. We'll have a little bit of a saying, but it's just mostly to have our doors open to give thanks to our God on Thanksgiving Day. So if you'd like to come at 9 and, and to offer a prayer of thanks, that's wonderful. And hopefully our community does as well. Thank you. Thank you, Betty. You're welcome. Let's give Betty a hand. It takes a, a little bit of courage, and as Betty is saying, as somebody with uh, visual challenges, I can like, I can relate to trying to see things. That's why I use a teleprompter here. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, we thank you for your love. We thank you how much you love us in the middle of all our limitations. And yet in your grace, we can be so much. So may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Either through us or in spite of us, speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that all your families and loved ones are going to be blessed this Thanksgiving, one way or another, and I hope that your celebrations will be joyful and peaceful. We do have much to be thankful for. Amen? Amen. And I pray that Thanksgiving will be a day when you reflect on all the good that God gives us and all the good that God calls us to do as we express our living faith. I hope that you've gotten some good out of the book, along with my first sermon, The Three Simple Rules of Methodism. Uh, the book and our general rules have um, are a very key part of what it is to be a Methodist, and our general rules have been a part of what Methodism is about since its earliest days. Reuben Job's book helps us to remember that these simple rules are so important to our faith. 
After all, we can use some encouragement to do the things that are simple but hard. I've developed a habit in recent years. One day, I got a warning ticket for not coming to a complete stop at a stop sign. I'm becoming a more spiritual, and that ticket helped me to see that I needed to make some changes in my attitudes and actions. So, I decided to make it a habit to come to a full and complete stop every time that I came to one of those signs, just like they say in the driver's manual. A simple rule, but at first it was really hard to follow it all the time. I was so used to making exceptions for myself. Pretty quickly I began to see that I'd made a habit of making exceptions for myself in many areas of my life. It turns out that this simple traffic rule was reminding me about my need for spiritual discipline. So now, when I'm tempted to almost kind of sort of stop at the stop sign, and that temptation gently reminds me of who God wants me to be. It's a simple habit, but not always easy to do it every single time. Our three simple rules of Methodism remind us that it's in repeating the simple things of our faith again and again, consistently, persistently, insistently, that we find life-saving, life-giving faith. Faith isn't just a belief. It's a habit. Do no harm. Do good. Stay in love with God. These are the habits that we need day in and day out to live in Jesus so that when we need God the most, we'll be in God already. Do good. Wow. What could we want to do more than that? This church, like many United Methodist churches, is filled with people who love to do good. When I saw the amazing joy that people brought to our church bazaar this month, or making apple pies or chili earlier this fall, I saw people who now know how to do good again and again. When I see the warmth that everyone expresses to people during our passing of the peace, I see people who know how to do good. And when I look at your faces from this church that lit up with joy on their mission trips to Nicaragua, or helping to renovate Unity House home next door to our church here for refugee families, I see people who love to do good. Amen? Amen. We get doing good. That's simple enough. But what are the limits of doing good as a Christian? When is doing good good enough? The Methodist answer to this question is simple, but not easy. While it's not clear that John Wesley said all of these exact words at one single time, he certainly made it clear many times that he believed every word of them. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Wow. How's that for boundaries? Right? That's not just a now and again kind of good. That's not just a when I feel 
up to it kind of good. That's an all-in, all-the-time, everywhere-for-everyone kind of good. Do good. Full stop. Period. Because that's what God does. If we really believe in our salvation from sin and death, from faith in Jesus Christ, if we really believe that our acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Savior invites us to become new creations in Christ, true children of God, this is what our Christian faith really means. We are really, really to be like Jesus. But before we start heading for the exits in panic, thinking that we'll be exhausted for the rest of our lives, let's remember what it's like to be Jesus. Jesus knew how to take care of himself. He fasted in a desert for 40 days after his baptism, not to go on a diet or to prove something to himself, but to take care of himself. He needed to purify his soul and his body with God's love. So that when Satan came to tempt him with everything that evil and worldly power could offer, doing the simple good that God wants in the world would be a no-brainer. He prayed alone quietly when he needed to. He went to weddings and he rejoiced with people. He surrounded himself with disciples and taught them how to be good together so that the world would be filled with people being good like Jesus. Jesus knew that the habit of doing good was his best self-care. In other words, Jesus did good and taught others to do good because it was his passion. It was who he was. More than really stopping at stop signs, being good was not even a second nature for Jesus, but it was his first nature, his way of life. Doing good isn't so much about the doing, it's really about the being. When we choose to be a Methodist Christian, we choose to commit ourselves not just to activities or causes or fellowships, but to a way of life that is about becoming who we're meant to be together. A people who are really like Jesus, with Jesus, in Jesus, for the sake of God's world. The New Testament letter to the Ephesians explains this becoming part of our faith walk very well. Ephesians 2 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are God's good workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Through our faith, God's grace, God's undeserved gift of everlasting love saves us from doing harm through sin. Rule number one, we can never save ourselves from it ourselves. We can't do our way to salvation. But salvation through faith in God's grace is just the beginning of becoming who we're meant to be. God's good workmanship makes us a new creation in Christ, a new kind of person, a person who was meant to rejoice in doing good works as our way of life forever. And notice those words, our and we. To do good as a new creation in Christ is to be someone whose way of life will never be a solo shot. To do good 
is to be one of God's very good creations who God has invited into God's family since the beginning of time. If doing good that God wants us to do sounds scary at times, remember this, it's the only thing that makes us really alive and it's the only thing that will ever last into eternity. Everything else goes out the window. Everything. To do good is to be who you were meant to be now and forever. Being good, to do good, like Jesus, is powerful. It changes people. It changes the world. It makes people fearless, not hopeless. It makes people joyful, not bitter. It fills people with wonder, not envy. And because doing real, godly good is so powerful, so transformative, so courageous, so joyful, so wonder-filled, because it calls us to be who we are, doing good has consequences. Jesus understood the consequences of doing good more than anyone else. In today's reading from Mark's Gospel, Jesus is asked to heal a man's withered hand on the Jewish Sabbath day. The Pharisees didn't want Jesus healing people on the Sabbath. The Pharisees wanted to put boundaries on God's power so that they could have power. Jesus confronted the Pharisees with a simple question. Is it right to do good, life-giving things on God's Sabbath day or not? Are there boundaries to doing God's good or not? Jesus destroyed the artificial boundaries that the Pharisees had set and healed the man's hand. And right away, the Pharisees began a plot to kill Jesus. Doing good does have consequences, but it makes us who God meant us to be. And that's always good. In fact, it's the best. Perhaps it's the consequences that scare us the most about doing good. Perhaps we're just not that into good as we thought we were. Sometimes good means that we leave unhealthy relationships behind. Relationships maybe that we relied on to get through the day as negative as they were. Sometimes the path that God has prepared to be our way of life leads to places and people that are way beyond our everyday comfort zone. Like the bedside of a dying relative who we feel has let us down. Neighbors and strangers who we really don't like, but who need the healing touch of God. People thousands of miles away in cultures radically different from our own who need to feel the living presence of Jesus making a difference in their lives. Doing good makes us who we're meant to be and it will take us where we never thought we would ever go. And that's good. Who are you meant to be? What are the limits that you, your family, your culture, have put in your way to prevent you from being who you were meant to be in Christ? What fears keep you from being that person who does nothing but good that God has prepared you to be? What doubts keep you from accepting Jesus as the way of life that you were meant to live in? Jesus calls to you now in God's Holy Spirit to make being who you were meant to be in Christ 
your new habit, your best habit, and through God's grace, your only habit for the rest of your life. Blow right past the Pharisees that live in your heart and in your life. Let God touch the withered hand that is your incompleteness, the world's incompleteness, and allow the healing and saving power of Jesus Christ to begin the process of restoring God's way of life to you and to everyone. Be a Christian who makes doing good and nothing but good all the time, together, everywhere, for everyone, with no limits, through God's grace and God's grace alone, your only and eternal way of life. Do good. 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 One more time. Do good. Amen. It's time now for the prayers of the people. When we lift up concerns that are in our hearts and that have been brought to our attention, as always, I invite you to look in our bulletin when you go home and to hold in prayer people who are ill, those who have passed away and their families who mourn for them, those who are recovering from surgery and other types of medical issues, as well as our loved ones who are in the military. And this Sunday, we lift up especially Regina Nassara, who is ill. We lift up Jennifer Desjardins, is the way that I will say it, that I say it right, I hope, uh, who is in for knee surgery. That makes number five in the last month or so. Uh, we wish her and everybody recouping from knee surgery uh, all the best, including Cindy Huffer, as well as uh, Diane, uh, uh, Jimmy Les's husband, uh, who is also just in the hospital this week for knee surgery. And we welcome back Forky, where are you? Who is finally back from her knee surgery. And so that's a prayer of joy and thanks for her recovery. And of course, we pray for Linda. And who am I forgetting on the knee list? I think we're pretty good. Um, and we're, we're grateful for everybody's continuing recovery there. And we continue to ask people to pray in thanks for all of our blessings that we have and for all the families who are struggling to find those blessings this Thanksgiving in Puerto Rico, Rico and Texas and in other places that have been hit by both hurricanes and tragedies. Would you pray with me, please? Loving God, healing God, you hear our prayers in our hearts before we have even moved our lips, even before they are on our minds. For you are our God. You know us inside and out. You have formed every part of us. And through your grace, you come close to us in our prayers and in the people who we pray for and in everything that we pray for, to invite us all to be one with your healing and your hope. Help us to do that now. Be with these people and all of your people who need your healing and hope. 
Be with us as we celebrate the joy of people healing as well, knowing that there is your touch upon them and in the grace of everybody that helps them. Help us to be your grace and to be the good that you have prepared us to be in Christ. Help us to be all these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We have a beautiful, good God. You are the good that God has prepared you to be. And we can do it together as God's church, to offer the world the good that we can. As God's church, through our tithes and our offerings, to glorify God. Come now as we prepare to offer to God a part of what God has given us. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I'm going to serve so God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I'm going to work so God can use me anywhere, Lord. Anytime I'm gonna wait so God can use me anywhere, Lord. Anytime I'm gonna pray so God can use me anywhere, Lord. Anytime I'm gonna sing so. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I'm going to sing so. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. Amen. Woo. That's an earful. Let's get right here. We've got a charge to keep, if I can get the slide up there. Let's say this together, because it's fun to do it. Do good. It is what Jesus saved us to do. Do good. It is the gospel of the Lord. Do good always, anywhere, everywhere, for everyone, now and forever. Amen. And now, may the Lord bless us and keep us May the Lord shine God's face upon us 
and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up God's countenance upon us and grant us peace now and forever. And may the people who can do good through God's grace say, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed